morning. How are you guys doing? All right. Are you guys ready? Well, Lord, we welcome you here. We thank you you're here. We just pray, Lord, that you'd help. <laughs> just communicate what's on your heart this morning. I just thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. And we just open our hearts to your word. And Lord, just give us what you got. We want everything that you have available for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, uh, today uh, I, was, I, was, I was praying about um, what to speak about. Um, the Lord really highlighted uh, this scripture, and uh, we'll go to it. It's John fifteen fifteen, but it talks about being friends of God um, uh, Melissa shared that scripture during worship, and I really feel like the Lord's reminding us of the invitation for friendship this morning. And um, it's on his heart. He's looking for friends. Now, um, you know, the scripture says that, that we are many things in our relationship. Once we, once we are born again, we're many things. Um, we're sons, we're daughters, we're heirs, um, and there's all different aspects to each of those identities in him, um, just as much as there is as being a friendship, being in friendship with God. You know, God wants us to be his friends. And um, so I really, uh, I want to delve into that. What does that actually mean? I want to talk about three things, really. I, I want to talk about what does it mean to be a friend of God and why does he want us to have friendship with him and then I want to talk about how do we actually develop a friendship with him is that cool so we'll go through that today um so if you got uh well we'll start here if you guys have your bibles please turn to James 2:23 and we'll start all there so i i really um uh, I really want to kind of lay a foundation of what it actually means to be a friend of God and what does that actually look like. And so the first thing we want to do is really, well, who was a friend of God? What, who does the Bible say was a friend of God? And there's really only one person in the whole Scripture. Now, there are many friends of God in the Scripture, but there was only one individual that God clearly states in Scripture was his friend. Do you guys know who it is? Well, well, Abraham, right, right. Abraham, he was a friend of God, right? So let's read it in James 2.23. It says, And Scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. There's another Scripture uh, um, I think it's in Isaiah where it talks about him being God's friend as well. So, all right. So there's some importance here. If Abraham is established as God's friend, we need to find out, well, what did Abraham's relationship with God look like? And I began to really read through uh, Abraham's life and really just kind of see how did he interact with God? How, what was so different with his relationship than all the other people we, we read about in Scripture. Why did God choose 
to forever establish Abraham as a friend of God in Scripture. There is one portion in his life that really stood out to me. And it actually, in the Amplified Version, it talks about him being a friend of God. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn there. Genesis 18, 17. Now a little uh, backstory on this. So you've got uh, the three people show up to Abraham's tent. One of them's the Lord. Two of them are angels, probably. There's, you know, debate about all who those people were. But one was definitely the Lord. And he talks about the promise of them having a child. But he also is about to share with him about Sodom and Gomorrah. And um, so Genesis eighteen seventeen, this scripture just stood out to me as I began to read it. And let's read it together. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham? And then the Amplified says, my friend and my servant, what I am going to do. And it just like, as I read that, it just kind of popped out. And like, as I read it, I was like, that's pretty cool. Here is God Almighty. He doesn't need to talk to anybody, tell anybody anything, but yet he wants to share something with a man about what he's about to go do. Isn't that crazy? And this just stood out to me. I felt like the Lord specifically was saying, these are my friends. My friends are those who I share my secrets and my heart with. I'm able to trust them with, with my thoughts, and I'm able to trust them with my heart about what I'm about to do here on this earth. That is what defined, I believe, Abraham's friendship with God. He had this intimate relationship with the Father that before the Lord would do something, he would tell Abraham. And I believe God wants that same intimacy with you and I. And I believe he's inviting us. All right. So let's, let's reiterate this. Let's turn to John 15, 15. Just kind of clarify and kind of confirm this whole idea. You guys know this scripture. You've heard it a million times. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. And for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Do you see the connection there? Abraham was a friend of God because God shared his secrets with him. Jesus is inviting us to have a friendship with him so that he can share with us everything the Father showed him. Do you see the connection there? The friendship brings intimacy, and the intimacy brings the secrets of God. So there's a difference. Obviously, you see the two um, identities here. I, I no longer call you servants because the servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends for what I learned from the Father. I may know you. God is looking for friends. And there is a difference between a servant that a master just gives an order, hey, go get me some milk or go get me a cup of coffee, you know, and the person just goes and does it. There's a difference between that and a friend where there's like an invitation to be like, hey, I'm going to go do this. Do you want to come with me and do this with me? 
Do you see the difference? That is the type of relationship the Father is looking for in us. All right. So why does he share his secrets with us? Well, number one, relationship. It's all about relationship. He wants relationship with us. Everything he does, the end result he wants is relationship. Everything he initiates, the fruit of it, he's wanting relationship. All right. So um, that's number one. He wants relationship. Number two, he wants us to partner with him in prayer. He wants to share his secrets with us because he wants us to go to him and work with him to see things accomplished here on this earth. Okay, let's turn to Exodus 32, 7, or I'll just read it real quick to you guys. Just to kind of share this, you know, he wants us to intercede. Moses was a perfect example of this. Exodus 32, 7, the Lord told Moses, quick, go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I've commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. So why is the Lord showing Moses, telling him, sharing him this secret? Because Moses, he's on top of the mountain. He doesn't know what's going on. He's with the Lord. He's like seeing face-to-face, talking to God face-to-face. The man talks to a friend. Why is God saying, hey, check out your people down here. Look what they're doing. I'm about to destroy them now. Why do you think God is sharing this secret with Moses? He doesn't really want to do. That's right. That's right. So many times we kind of like, we read this, this scripture in a, in a weird way. We're like, well, God, man, God, he's, he's tough. He's rough. He wants to destroy his people that he just brought out of Egypt. Now, there is a severity of God, obviously, but God shared this because ultimately he didn't really want his kids to be killed. He was looking for a friend to partner with, to intercede on their behalf, to bring mercy, to bring forgiveness. So what did Moses do? What did he do? (laughs) He interceded. He said, God, don't you remember? He, he reminded God of the promise that you brought them out of Egypt that, you know, about, uh, and he began to like intercede on the behalf of these folks. And God, it, the scripture literally says that he changed, God changed his mind. Man, this is old covenant. We have a better covenant with God than Moses did. The intimacy that we have with God is greater than that that Moses had. So there's this invitation. That's one of the reasons why God wants to share his secrets with you because he doesn't necessarily want any man to perish but all to come to know him. That is the heart of the Father. 
but he uses us, his people, to bring his kingdom here on earth. He limits himself in a way, in a sense, to use us to bring the kingdom, to bring his kingdom and his rule here on earth. Does that make sense? All right, so he wants to partner with us because he wants us to pray and to intercede for those. You know, this happened to me one time. Um, I had a friend of mine. Uh, he, uh, he walked away from the Lord, and, and um, I mean, it, it really affected me. We were good friends. Uh, we had experienced God in many ways together and to see somebody who you love and who you experience God with walk away from the Lord. I mean, it was heartbreaking. And I, man, I'd pray for this guy. I was like, Lord, what in the world is going on? And, um, the Lord gave me a dream one night and in the dream, it's kind of a crazy dream. You know, dreams are crazy. And, uh, and I was in the store and there was this really big muscular guy, like like bodybuilder, like Arnold Schwarzenegger looking, like attacking and harassing this friend of mine in the dream. And then in the dream, I'm like kind of watching myself, and I go up to this big, huge guy. I mean, he was like huge. And I like point in his face, and I say, get down on your knees in the name of Jesus. And the guy fell down to his knees and he stopped harassing my friend. And I woke up, and I was like, well, that was a weird dream. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know, and I asked the Holy Spirit, well, what are you telling me about what's going on with my friend? And, um, and, he, and he pointed to the scripture about when Jesus talks about the strong man, and uh, that the strong man, that this big Arnold Schwarzenegger-looking guy was really the strong man, this demonic attack on my friend. And then he was showing me to intercede for my friend. And that for me, that I had authority, in the dream I had authority to tell that guy to get on his knees in the name of Jesus and to arrest him in a sense. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been doing this for a couple years now. I've been praying for my friend, interceding for my friend. It hasn't been an instantaneous, like he's come back to the Lord, but I've been constantly coming before the Lord saying, Lord, you know, bring my friend back to you. And then I begin to command any kind of demonic spirit to get on their knees and to submit to the name of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm believing that this guy, once he has stopped being influenced by whatever the enemy is bringing against him, that he will come to his senses and he will come back to the Lord. I'm believing it. But see, God gave me a secret. He was showing me behind the scenes what was going on in this guy's life so that I could partner with him in intercession to see him reconciled to the Father. I got tons of stories about that. You guys heard a bunch of these. about. Um, I'm not going to get into them, but uh, God is looking for people who are willing and available to partner with. He's looking for friends. He wants to share his secrets with you and I. All right. So next thing, why, else, why does he want to share his uh, secrets with us? Well, he wants us to partner with him 
to see his kingdom come down in people's lives around us so that they will be ultimately reconciled in right relationship with Jesus. Okay? Acts 8, 29. This talks about Philip and the Ethiopian. Ethiopian. You guys remember this story? Right off the bat, it says, The Spirit told Philip, Go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked, how can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip up to come up and sit with him. And, and a lot of you guys know the rest of the story. Basically, the guy comes to know Jesus. So the father was seeing this Ethiopian guy reading the word of God, reading Isaiah. He was reading Isaiah. And basically reading about Jesus, and it's like the father is like, hmm, who can I tell about this guy? This guy is ripe for the harvest. Who on earth is available? Who are my friends that I can share about this guy? And he finds Philip, and he's like, Philip, by the power, by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads him, and he follows. And then you guys know it just kind of works its way out, like how this whole process of him interacting with the Father, and then seeing this guy coming to know Jesus. He's looking for friends to share about. There are all kinds of people. The, the harvest is ripe. There are so many people here in Wilmington that are ripe right now that the Father knows about, and he's looking for people who are available and who will be his friend, and will, he will share his secrets with, and he will say, hey, Andreas, I got this guy. He's over here, and I need you to reach out to him. You laugh, but he's looking for, you, for an available friend to partner with, to share his heart with. And um, yeah, I mean, this, I've got a bunch of stories of this stuff. Like, uh, just in real practical, real life, there was one time where I was talking to the Lord, and uh, I was just kind of listening, and I was like, Lord, okay, hey, is anybody, who are you thinking about, like, right now? Who are you wanting to touch right now? And, um, <laughs> And I, asked, I, I literally asked some specific questions. I'm like, Lord, where is this person that you're thinking about right now? And he said, the Hardys, uh, the Hardys here in Wilmington or whatever. It was the one on uh, College Road. It's not there anymore. It's now some kind of taco or whatever. I don't know what the place. But uh, it was, he said, the Hardys on College. It was the first thing that popped in my mind. I was like, Hardys, man, I hate Hardys, but I'll go there. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, Lord, like, uh, what's, what's this guy's name? What, like, give me something about this guy. And the first name that kind of popped into my mind and my heart was Steve. So I was like, okay, Steve. I literally wrote all this down because I, I usually forget if I know this. And then, uh, and, um, I was like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? What is it that you're doing in Steve's life? What do you want to see Steve? Like, what do you want to see? <laughs> And I, I saw this picture of a heart, and I felt like, I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm seeing a heart. What are you trying to tell me? And I felt like he was saying, I want to bring healing to his heart. Okay, I was like, okay. I wrote it down. 
And um, so I went out to uh, the Hardys here on College Road, and I went in and uh, with my piece of paper. <laughs> and there was like literally like three people in the Hardys. And I was like, oh, gosh, this, is, this has got to be God because there's only like three people here. Somebody's name is Steve. So, hey. So I literally, I went around like, hey, is your name Steve? You know? And then eventually this one guy, his name was Steve. And I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, and I just kind of shared with him. I was like, hey, I'm a Christian. And, um, you know, I mean, what do you say to people? Like, I mean, you know, after a while, I just try to play cool. Like, hey, man, I'm a Christian, you know, and uh, uh, I love the Lord. And, and he talks sometimes, you know, and he, he told me to come here and to meet with you. And he said that he wanted to bring healing to your heart. Is there anything going on with your heart? And the guy was just kind of like, what? <laughs> I mean, he just kind of taken back. He's like, I mean, he was probably weirded out, but at the same time, he was like, what in the world? How, who are you, you know? And it's like, yeah, I just got a, I think it's called defibrillator. I just got a defibrillator installed or when it's, whatever, surgery. I guess it puts it in, you know, they put it in their chest. And I've got massive heart failure. I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, Lord, he wants, he sent me here to pray for you to see healing come to your heart. Will you let me pray for you? And he was like, yeah, yeah, pray for me. Come on, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, so I just laid my hands on him, and, you know, and I just, I just released, and I commanded his heart for a brand new heart. And the guy was just, like, so appreciative. He was just like, I mean, it was just like, it was awesome. I mean, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Like, wow, God, you want to touch. Like, how many other people are out here that you want to touch? And um, you guys have heard tons of stories about this. You know, I, God is looking for people to be available. And I'll be honest, I didn't necessarily feel like going to Hardee's. <laughs> but I did want to see God move. Because something happens when you begin to walk and follow his voice you begin to develop his heart for people. It's impossible for you not to. And God knows this. That's why maybe you don't necessarily have 100% pure motives of ministry and all this. When you get in God's presence and you see God start moving and you see God's heart for people, wow, God, you were thinking about some dude named Steve about his heart condition and like, like you tell a stranger about it I mean, the guy felt loved. I mean, he felt like ministered to. I'm believing he's got a brand new heart. I mean, God is, it's just, it's awesome. God wants friends. He wants to be able to share his secrets. There are people that are breaking his heart that he longs for, that he has compassion for, and he's looking for people to partner with him to bring that to fruition in, this, in their lives with the ultimate goal of them being reconciled in relationship with them. All right. You know, God, he wants us to partner with him to intercede. He wants us to partner to see his kingdom come here in Wilmington, North Carolina, or wherever you were planted in this world. He wants he also wants to share his secrets with us because he wants us to be blessed. 
We have a good, good Father. We have no idea of the level of goodness of who God is. We are getting to know it. But he is a good Father. He is, I think Bill Johnson, he says something like it is, like he's better than you think he really is or something like whatever you think he is, it's, it's even be- better than that. He is a good father and he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be protected. He wa- wants us to give wisdom and insight in our own lives, in our own relationships. He wants to share secrets of what's going on in our own kind of inner circle. That's the benefit of being tight with like the uh, omniscient person of the universe, right? <laughs> the all-knowing. I mean, think about it. We've got access to the all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipresent, all everywhere. We have direct access to him right now because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We were just singing about it, the holy, entering the Holy of Holies. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, you guys know this story, that the, the veil in between the holy place and the Holy of Holies was ripped in two. And I literally, I picture the Father literally doing it him pers- himself personally, ripping that thing down so that he could get out to be with his kids that there was no longer separation. We have that type of access to the all-knowing, omnipresent, all-powerful God of the universe where scripture even, even says that you don't have to sheepish, sheepishly kind of go up to the throne of God. God, please don't smite me. Or you know, We can boldly, the Bible says we can boldly go before his throne of grace. Boldly. Like my kids, when I'm sitting in my armchair and they come running in the room and they come and they run and they jump right in my lap and usually I'm like, oh gosh, but like I love it. That's how I see how the access that we have to the Father. We can boldly run into his throne, sit up on his lap, lay our head on his chest, listen to what he's saying, what is on his heart, what he's thinking about. We have this type of access. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. My gosh. Let's take advantage of our position. (laughs) You know? Let's take advantage of it. So he wants to share. He wants us to give us wisdom and insight on our circumstances. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be protected. He wants to lead us and guide us. Acts 16.6. Uh, it says they passed through Phrygian and Galatian region after being forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word to Asia. So the Holy Spirit, the Lord, he's going to share secrets with you. He's going to lead you and he's going to guide you because he wants you to be protected. He's actually going to warn you about things. He's going to share secrets of things that are going on. Don't do this. Don't go there. You guys have heard like all the 9-11 stories before. The people are like the Lord, like telling them, do not go to work today. He wants to share these secrets. I remember one time, I'm going to share this story with some of you guys. I remember one time, um, this is kind of crazy story, but like I felt like uh, the Lord was telling me to get into the business of flipping vehicles. And you guys, some of you guys know this. 
And I didn't really know that much about cars, honestly. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you on this thing. You know? <laughs> and um, so much so that like, and then uh, uh, I started looking for these cars and I, I found one in particular and I was just starting out on this. I found on Craigslist and there was this vehicle and it was super cheap and I was like, mm, okay, I think I could flip that thing and maybe double my money, you know. And uh, so I was praying about it. Obviously, I'm like, I'm trying to partner with, with the Lord here. I'm like, Lord, okay, you're telling me to do this. I don't know that much about cars. Um, you got to help me out with this. I'm just praying, Lord, should I go? And should I go up to this place? And I remember it was like up in like Emerald Isle area. And I was like, man, that's kind of far, but whatever. So I get in my car and I'm driving up College Road, you know, and I'm heading up uh, to get on 17. And I'm praying in the car. I'm like, Lord, talk to me here. Should I go? Is this a deal? I want to work with you. You know everything. I've got, I've got access to the omniscient God of the universe. You know everything. You know if this car is a clunker or whatever, you know, or I'll waste my time. I'm literally praying this same prayer that's coming out of my mouth as I'm driving along. And this car pulls right up in uh, front of me, you know, in college. And their license plate says, wait. Do you guys, did I tell you the story already? I can't remember. And I was like, wait, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, okay, Lord, is that you? Are you telling me to wait? What's going on? Yeah. And I was kind of feeling like he was saying, yeah, you should probably wait. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to make sure this is you. I gotta. I gotta. I'm gonna follow this thing through. I'm not gonna probably buy this vehicle, but I gotta see that this is you. So I drive up to this place. The thing was a piece of junk. The guy told me there was nothing wrong with it. I start the car and it started doing all these crazy things. And anyway, I was just like, yeah, okay, I should have should have really listened to you and wait. Now I got to drive all the way back down. But no, it was good. It was a good learning lesson for me. I wanted to like, Lord, is this? Are you really speaking to me about through a license plate? <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was, and I'm glad I did not buy that vehicle because I would have lost the money that I actually had to start this whole endeavor. I got a bunch of stories. You guys heard a bunch of these stories already. The Lord just, I don't know why he's been doing this thing with me with flipping cars, but I've learned a lot about how to hear his voice. And um, he wants to, to, to direct, he wants to lead us. He wants to share the secrets that are on his heart about things in your life, your personal life. I remember one time, Heather and I, Heather and my wife, if you guys don't know Heather, she, um, we, we just got engaged, and uh, I, I uh, gave her my, my grandmother's diamond ring. You know, that was her engagement ring. So it was like this family heirloom. And, um, and so one time, uh, one day, we had, we had been all over. I lived in Maryland at the time. We had been all over Maryland this one day. We went to Baltimore, went to Frederick. We were like down in DC, kind of, you know, near the DC area. We were all over. We get back to her apartment, and she tells me, Oh my gosh, Paul, I can't find the ring. I was like, What? <laughs> 
And I was, you know, the thoughts going through my head, oh my gosh, my grandmother and my mom are going to kill me, <laughs> like, you know, let alone Heather, you know, <laughs> that we lost this ring, you know, and uh, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, we'll just look, we got to look, you know, so we literally, like, I called my friend Baltimore, hey man, we just at your house, you see, please be looking for this diamond ring, and uh, you know, and I think we went in Frederick to where we were, and we're looking for it, we couldn't find it anywhere. And uh, I remember uh, a couple of days had passed, and we didn't tell my parents. I don't think I told my mom yet. And uh, and and I was praying, and Heather called me, and she was kind of upset about it. She's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe we lost." And uh, I was like, "Well, let's pray about it. God knows where this ring is. He knows where it is right now." And uh, so we literally we prayed, simple prayer. I just prayed, "Lord, you know where this ring is." You know, we're your kids. Just tell us where it is, Lord. Show us where it is. And immediately, I kid you not, immediately a scripture comes to my mind. And uh, it, was, it was Luke 15, 8. Okay. I was like, I don't know what Luke 15, 8 is. But okay, I know by now that if I get a scripture, I should look it up. And it, has, it might be relevant. So I started reading it. And it's the parable of the lost coin. I kid you not. My attention was like, okay. And, and in the scripture, I just started studying. I was like, what did she do? Okay, she like turned on all the lights. She got a lamp. She cleared up, cleaned up everything. She looked everywhere in her house for this lost coin. So that's what we did. I was like, all right, Heather, I'm coming over to your apartment. We're going to turn on all the lights. We are going to systematically go through every part of your apartment, and we're going to find this thing. <laughs> and... Uh, and so that's what we did. And like, we just started one room and I just remember this. It was the craziest thing. And she thought I was cra- kind of crazy, but whatever. I was like, whatever, we got to, what else we got? What do we have to lose at this point? And so like, I mean, I'm literally like looking through every little, like in between papers and all. And I'm just like moving systematically through this room and I get to our couch and I just started like ripping open the couch, looking inside and, you know, and then I put my hand down in there and guess what I felt? I felt the diamond ring pulled it right out. And I was just like, I mean, I was super happy about finding that diamond ring, obviously. But I was even more happy that God, that intimacy that I experienced with God. That he loved me and Heather and our family so much that he would share this little secret. This, it, really, in the scheme of eternity, is pretty insignificant. He would share something like that with us. It's awesome. There is an invitation for friendship for all of us. He wants all of us to have this type of intimacy with him every day. Now, I'm not walking in this every day. I'm wanting to walk in this. You know, I'm growing just like we all are. But sometimes you kind of have to just be like, intentional about this friendship. He's looking for somebody that he can share his secrets and his heart with. All right, so let's get down to the practical. How do we learn the thoughts and secrets of God, our friend? If you got your Bibles, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 2.
right. So it's this this part of scripture starts off quoting actually uh, the Old Testament, and it's a it's kind of a countering. All right, and we'll go through it. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us through his spirit. Do you see the counter there? It's basically, you know, it's kind of like the same way like Jesus, like you have heard, it is written, but I tell you, this is kind of a very similar type scripture that Paul's trying to break down for us. He's saying, you have read in the past in scripture that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has perceived those things that he's prepared for those who love him. But now under this new covenant, under this new relationship that you have now because of the cross, God has revealed these deep secrets and things to you by his Holy Spirit. And then it goes on and says, the Spirit, he searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except for a man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. So how do we know the thoughts of God? How do we get to know his secrets? Say that again. Holy Spirit, developing an intimacy and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's crucial. This is it. You want to know God's thoughts. You want to know God's plans for your life. Develop a relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. He searches all things, even the deep things of God, and he wants to reveal those things to you and me. John 16, 12, just listen. I still have many things to say to you. This is Jesus telling his disciples, but you cannot bear them now. They were unable to comprehend, unable to, to handle what he had for him, for them. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Did you hear that? He will take what is mine, this is Jesus, and he will declare it to you, to me. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So what are the things that he's going to declare to us? Verse 15, what's it say? All things. Jesus said, all things the Father has given me, and then the Holy Spirit, he's going to take from me, and then he's going to give it to you. Do you see this progression going on here? (laughs) The Father to the Son to the Holy Spirit to you. To me. He wants to share these things. We need to develop an intimacy and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it was better for me to go so that he could come. And this is why. 
All right. So this might be review for a lot of you guys, but I'm going to go through it because I've talked to some of you guys and we still got some funky ideas about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> All right, so let's just kind of lay some simple, basic ground, ground or not ground rules, but like ideas or truths about the Holy Spirit. First off, and you guys know this, he is fully God, fully God. He isn't the third wheel of the Trinity. You don't have the Father and the Son, and then, oh yeah, Holy Spirit, he kind of tags along with them. He is fully God. He is a he and not an it. I know this sounds basic to some of you guys, but I hear some people still calling him an it. <laughs> he is a person. And here's another one. He is not a bird. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not a bird. Some people think the Holy Spirit's a bird. I kid you not. I am not exaggerating. When they said, when they read this scripture, you know, when Jesus was baptized and the, the dove came and descended on, you know, they said, you know, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. It was a dove. If you really read the scripture there, it says the Holy Spirit came on him in, the, in a form of, or actually uh, in likeness of a dove. It doesn't mean that he's an actual dove. <laughs> he's not a bird. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is all-powerful, almighty God. And I'm, I'm, you might think that's silly. Like, Paul, well, Paul, well, who cares? Like, if he's, you guys, people think he's a bird, he's still God. Well, we don't worship a bird, first off. Second off, we have this idea that he's flighty, that the Holy Spirit is very flighty. I'm going to tell you right now, the Holy Spirit is not flighty. He doesn't, like, run away from your sin. If anything, he gets fully involved in your sin. He gets his hands dirty in your sin. Because, guess what? He is the part of the Godhead who is sanctifying you and me. He's not flighty. I mean, he's living inside of us. How can he be flighty? <laughs> you know, and it's Psalm 139, you know, it talks about where can I go from your spirit? You can't hide from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> now, there are truths, and we can go into this in a later time, about grieving the Holy Spirit. There's definitely a truth about that. But the Holy Spirit is not going to run away from you. You know, I have this crazy, and this sounds like kind of like weird because you would think, oh, duh, Paul, don't you know that? But I had this crazy, I, I, there were times I felt, like, I felt like the Holy Spirit was away from Like, Lord, where are you? Where's your anointing? Lord, what did I do? And, all, and the Lord clearly spoke to me. The Holy Spirit clearly spoke to me. And he said, Paul, the same love that the Father had for you that he gave his son, the same love that the son had for you that he died on the cross, that same love I have for you. That never-ending, never-giving-up, self-sacrificing love the Holy Spirit has for me and you. Man, Holy Spirit loves us deeply. Thank you for your love, Lord. 
All right, so the practical here. So how do we develop? So we know that God wants to share his secrets with his friends. We know we want to be his friends. God, Jesus has invited us to be friends and not servants. How do we actually build that intimacy with the Holy Spirit? How do we find out what are his secrets? And these might sound very simple, but they're very practical. And I'm telling you, if we work through these and we do these things on a consistent basis, you will have an intimacy with the Holy Spirit that your heart is longing for right now. So relationships, they do take work. They do take time. So number one, spend time. I know this sounds obvious. Spend time talking to the Holy Spirit. Get alone. We talk about, you know, we talk to the Father, we talk to the Son, talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, here I am. Tell them about what you're thinking. Tell them about what you're feeling. Number two, this sounds so simple, but it's like very profound. Spend time listening to him. Most of our prayer lives are like 90% talking, 10% listening. We have a dialogue with, in relationship with, with the Lord. Start listening. Start asking the question. I literally ask the question, Lord, tell me what's... When I sit down and I'm spending time with the Lord, I'm like, Lord, talk to me. What is on your mind? I've got a list of stuff that we need to go through, but before we do that, what is on your mind? What are you thinking about? Who is on your heart right now? And just sit and listen. Sometimes, I'll be honest, I don't get anything. <laughs> and I just move on to my list. <laughs> but a lot of times, I do get stuff, and he's talking. He, he has people on his mind constantly. He wants to share those, those secrets with us. He's looking for friends to share his heart. So start off with your prayer. Lord, what's on your heart today? And if you're having a hard time listening, you're having a hard time like actually hearing his voice, I mean, duh, <laughs> go in a quiet place. Sometimes we, like, it's crazy. I try to spend time with God and my four kids are running around. Are you crazy? I'm not going to hear anything except my kids screaming and Daniel and Josh sword fighting or whatever. Like, get alone in a quiet place. Get into that secret place. We talk about it, your prayer closet, whatever you want to call it. Get alone. Go in your car. And this sounds crazy too, but turn the music off. Turn the worship music off. Stop all the noise. Because your mind really, you need to learn. We all need to discipline how to quiet our, like, our mind, our thoughts and stuff like that. Because there's just so many things just like itching for our attention. Turn off the phones. Turn off the TV. Turn off the music. Get quiet. Now, if you're still having trouble hearing his voice, you know, and, and you guys who've been here, if you haven't been here before, we've had many trains on actually how to hear God's voice. We got a lot of podcasts. You guys can listen to it. Obviously, we're not necessarily expecting him to have this audible voice going. Now, he does do that, and I want that, <laughs> but it's, you know, he talks to us in so many ways. So if you're still having trouble hearing, this is a little trick. Pray in the Spirit until your mind shuts down. I do this all the time. My mind is racing about this and that and work and my kids and this. 
And sometimes it's because my soul, now this is a principle here, my soul is in charge of my mind or my flesh is kind of in charge of my mind and it's thinking on all these earthly things and all these things that are not bad necessarily, but they're just like being, my mind is being controlled by my flesh. So how do you get your mind and con- your mind controlled by the spirit? The Bible clearly talks about, you know, that, uh, that when you pray in the spirit, that your mind is, is fruit, fruitless. It's not necessarily your mind that's operating. Your spirit man kind of stands up and kind of takes control of your body, of your flesh, and your mind. And this kind of this battle kind of goes on while you're praying in spirit sometimes. And then all of a sudden, there's a, a stillness that comes. And it, it just enables you to be able to better hear his voice. I'm just trying to give you guys some practical things here of how you can hear his voice better. How can you can receive this? Now, you don't necessarily have to have all the, those things. You know, because God's spoken to me, all, like, you know, like I told you all these stories. Not all the time was I, like, alone and, you know, no, there's no sound or whatever, and I'm praying in the Spirit for two hours. I mean, that, but, like, it's a developing this relationship. We've got to do these type of things, this devotional life with Him. All right. And here's the most important thing. We've talked about this in the prophetic training stuff. Believe that you actually hear His voice. I'd say about 80% of Christians don't really believe they hear God's voice. You know how I know that? Whenever we do prophetic training and I see people like give accurate words and the people give them feedback and they're like, whoa, they didn't even believe that they heard God. But they really do. Because John 10.4, good buddy, was to say, his sheep, they know his voice. If you are a sheep, you know his voice. Believe it. And number three, the practical, act on what you're hearing. If he's giving you something or somebody to pray over, to intercede, like Moses was interceding, partner with him and intercede for those people he's showing you. Your prayers are powerful when they're combined with the heart and the secrets of God. They avail us much, right? And um, if he's telling you to go to Hardy's and talk to some dude named Steve about his heart, do it. I know it's scary. <laughs> do it. When he's telling, you're telling you to share a word or something that you got, a secret that you got from the Holy Spirit for your coworker, share it. Trust that the word that that the Lord's giving you is going to bring breakthrough in that person's life. It's going to help reconcile them in the right relationship. And what happens is when we do, we keep doing that. When we're faithful with the little things that he gives us, it might not be like, oh, you know, pray for some dude to have a brand new heart. It might be something as simple as like, tell your coworker that I love them and I am thinking about them. It might be as simple as that. Or he might tell you to go do something for your coworker or something. And it, and it might be just exactly what that person needed. Does that make sense? We've we got to make this stuff practical. We talk about this in theory like every Sunday morning. We've got to make this stuff real in our lives. It is available to us, and it's awesome. 
It is a privilege to partner with God to see the kingdom of heaven demolish the kingdom of the enemy. And I know you guys want to see that in all of the people that are in your lives that are surrounded, that you see are getting beat up day in, day out by the enemy. All right, that is awesome. Uh, that literally was my drive to church this morning, my conversation with the Lord. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, and the, the, the key, and just I, we're wrapping up, guys. I know it's been a, a long service, but the key for each of us and what I believe the Lord is trying to highlight for all of us is that he wants all of us to hear his voice at a higher level. He's trying to, because that is, the, that is what Christianity is. It's hearing God, having relationship with him. If you want a Christian walk, it has to do with hearing God. Bob Jones told me one time, Bob Jones was the first prophet I ever met. He was the type of prophet that he would tell, he, I mean, numerous times he would call Rick and tell him the dream he had the night before and then what it meant. He's not just like one of these guys that gets good stuff. Like he would tell him what he dreamed the night before and then what it meant. He's one of these guys that would tell you when an earthquake was going to take place and it would happen right when he said it was going to happen. I mean, it was a, he, was, he really had a high level. And he was um, praying over me when I first met him. And um, he said, you've been talking to God and God's talking back. And the light bulb went on because I had started hearing God more than I had ever heard him. And, but what had happened was, was I saw that God was available and we could actually hear from him. I started talking to the Lord all the time. And when I did, he literally started talking back. And it, and, and it wasn't that, it was just that relationship. Do you want to hear God? Have a relationship with him. So this is awesome. Awesome. So when you leave here, don't leave here. Leave here getting closer. Leave here having an expectation that you're going to hear from God and make time for him. Make time for him. If you make time for him, here's the key. to. I was literally thinking about the keys to growing and hearing his voice on the way over here. And there were two things. I'm not going to go in. I know it's long. There are two things that we can do. You know, when, when Jesus, in the, it, when he was in the upper room and there were, he was about to go to the cross and he was talking about someone about to betray him, and what did Peter say? He looked over at John and he said, ask him, who is it? And what did John do? He asked him who it was. And what did Jesus do? He told him. <laughs> but here's the key. John was laying on Jesus' chest. He got the answer because of his proximity to Jesus. The secrets of the Lord are for those who are close to him. Just get close to him. John was like those kids that will run up to you. They don't know you, but they run up to you and they grab you and they hug you and they get in your lap and it's like there's just there's a hunger for intimacy that that far exceeds their fear of rejection. And that's the way we're supposed to be with God. He won't turn us away.